welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 1, Show 5. This is your co-host, Aaron Delp, and with me is Brian Gracely. Hey, everybody. And today we're going to talk about databases, data lakes, and data warehouses. Um, and this one is really interesting. Before we hit record, we, we were talking just a little bit about it. Probably this particular topic, more than any of the others we'll talk about, there's been a lot of changes and a lot of evolution here recently. And, and so it's a really fascinating one to talk about. So let's start with just types of databases, Brian. Yeah. So, you know, to, to put this in perspective for, you know, two or three decades, uh, kind of the main database that everybody used was called a relational database. So, um, you know, it was a standard kind of uh, rows and tables, if you will, of, of how you stored data. And it, and it expected a very um, known pattern of how an application was going to talk to the database and how the database was going to talk back to the application. It was very transactional. So I want to know how much the price of a loaf of bread is, and it's going to come back to me and tell me it's you know, $2.30. And then I'm going to you know, request and say, how many of those do we have in stock? And it's going to come back and tell me we have 100 of those in stock, right? So very transactional, very well known what that looked like. And then the internet happened. And, and this is sort of a chicken and egg, right? Did the internet drive databases? Did databases drive the internet? And so now we have all this explosion of different kinds of databases. And so let me just throw out some buzzwords so that you're familiar with them. So we still have relational databases. Then we also have non-relational databases, or what are sometimes talked about as NoSQL databases. This means I want to be able to um, ask uh, the database a question and then maybe respond back without actually having written any data to the database. So think about this, for example, like, Typically with the database, you want everybody to have the exact same view of what's going on. In a non-relational database, this might be like you clicked a like on Facebook. Well, if Facebook had to wait for it to update the 1.5 billion people that you liked you know, your sister's post or picture, the system would never run. So they had to create something that would allow kind of what they call eventually consistent data. So that's what we call a non-relational or NoSQL databases. There are key value databases, which is just simply, I want to pair two things together and get a response back really fast. There are in-memory databases, things that are really, really optimized to only work with memory. So super high velocity responsive databases. There are time series databases. So things that are really only looking at things over a period of time, period of time. And then there are document databases, things that instead of storing big blobs of data or just, you know, uh, you know, price of milk, it's storing documents. And so this explosion of all these different types of databases have taken off partially because of new use cases in the cloud and partially because the cloud has figured out how do you build scalable databases? So it's really been a cool space to see evolve over the last 10 years. Um, it, it's opened up a ton of new types of applications and, you know, understanding which one makes sense for your business and your application is really important. So Aaron, you know, there's lots of now lots of different types of databases. How do they get allocated? What are the you know what are the things that determine what a database looks like or what it looks how it works? Yeah, and when it comes to this the, the allocation patterns, 
think back to our storage um, podcast, a lot of it comes down to those same kinds of things of how fast do you need it to go? And what is the purpose of it, right? Like every database is going to have a purpose. Like like Brian mentioned earlier, maybe for some things you need relational, maybe for some things you need non-relational, maybe some things you just want a key value, right? So each, the reason why there is so many different types of databases is because they're all specialized for a specific purpose, right? Think of it as a bunch of tools in a toolbox and um, each one is extremely specialized and they might have, for instance, um, you know, relational databases. One of the reasons non-relational came out, came along was because relational tended, tended to fall over at capacity, right? And, and they kept optimizing and optimizing and optimizing and increasing that capacity. But when you get to, you know, web scale level capacity, that's where some of these new database technologies came along. And performance, when you're doing performance inside a data center, all inside a couple boxes, that performance is pretty easy. But when you're talking about performance um, where they, they like to refer to it as shards, shards or pieces of that database might be all over the world. Um, geographically distributed. Well, how do you keep that in sync, right? And so there is, and that goes to availability as well. Uh, you want to make sure that that database is in shards and is stored in different places so that it is highly available and available in different geographic locations because it might be time sensitive or, or res time response sensitive based off of geography as well. So lots to consider here when it comes to matching the right tool to the purpose. And Brian, let's go back and, and kind of compare this to the traditional way like we, we have in many of our others. How are databases allocated before cloud computing? Yeah, well, you know, so, so back in the, in the olden days, uh, there was a, uh, a dark overlord uh, known as a database administrator or a DBA. And in order to get a database, you had to go, uh, you had to, to bring a giant box of gold, you had to go to the DBA <laughs> and you had to say, please, please, please build me a database for my application and please take care of it. And you paid that person a ton of money. You paid a ton of money to the company that the software of the database came from. Um, and that thing was essentially the most valuable thing in your company managed by the most expensive person in your IT organization. And so your ability to update the database, uh, you know, if you wanted to change how it worked, the ability for you to query the database, it was really, really expensive and it was really time consuming. And so what happened in the cloud is the cloud essentially said, hey, what if we automate all the basic things that the DBA used to do? And whenever you want a database, we'll just give you one on demand. And so, you know, it did a number of things. It, it sort of uh, you know, remove the DBA's uh, shackles from, from being able to do anything. It gave you the database on demand. And then keep in mind, you know, a database is really just a combination of an application, some computing and some storage all put together. It got to take advantage of all the things that cloud computing could do, right? On-demand computing, on-demand storage, on-demand scalability. And so, you know, databases have probably, along with compute and storage, are 
three of the areas that have just totally changed because of the on-demand nature, the scale nature, and the you know kind of how fast you can build these things nature. So you know we, we've gone from from sort of dark to light, if you will, in uh, in terms of how it's changed. Now um, you know we we talk a lot in on, on this show in this season about shared responsibility. You know I just talked about DBAs going away, but you know somebody still interacts with the database. What's the what's the shared responsibility model for databases in the cloud? Yeah. And before we talk about the shared responsibility also, I want to just introduce the concept, right? And this is something, again, uh, a, a term to go look up. And that, that concept is data gravity. And the reason why I talk about that before I talk about the model is uh, a lot of times what happens with a database is, as Brian mentioned, databases tend to be some of the most important apps in an organization. And they tend to collect data, right? The more data we put into these, the more valuable they become. And think of that as having a weight and it becomes heavy and and it becomes valuable. And so what happens here is in this shared responsibility model, a lot of the administration of it and just kind of the nuts and bolts of, hey, give me a database. All of that is, is done and solved, right? But when it comes to what data is in that database, what are the relationships of the database? How do I get things in and out of that database? How do I make sure that that database is protected? Now, there might be tools and automation to very easily protect them to another um, availability zone or another region, but it is up to you to make sure that you have data in the proper locations and that it is secure. Um, Because again, it is an extremely valuable commodity for all of that. Um, And and Brian, I also think too, the variations of the databases plays into that a little bit as well. Do you want to talk about the variations? Yeah. So, you know, obviously we we threw out all these buzzwords and, you know, relational, non-relational and so forth. I mean, the reason that there's so many variations is because there are just now so many different types of applications, right? How a social media works is different than a mapping application, is different than, um, you know, something that's going to do autonomous driving, is different than, you know, a text message application. And, And while they all have data involved with them, there's some sort of data that you're sharing or collecting or being sent back to look at. Um, you know, the way that they look at the data, the way that they present the data is different. And so again, this is where, you know, understanding the type of application you have and matching it with the right kind of database uh, makes all the difference in the world as to how well it performs, how well it scales. And so when you go to the cloud providers and you look at their offerings, what you're going to find is they don't just have one offering called database. They actually, in many cases now, will have 9, 10, 11, 12 different kinds of databases. Um, and not to mention, you know, that you then have, you know, third-party companies, ecosystems of companies that also offer databases or databases as a service. So it really boils down to we now have so many different types of applications than we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because of mobile, because of Internet of Things, because of other stuff. And so, you know, don't be overwhelmed when you see that there are tons and tons of types of databases the good news is at the core of them, um, they're all pretty similar. They're all on demand. Um, they're all priced sort of, as Aaron mentioned early on, by how much data you keep and how fast they are and how available you want to make them. Um, but the great news is you know, almost every kind of database you want is now available 
on demand. So you don't necessarily have to have a, a DBA or a you know, super smart DBA to help you get started with it. Um, Aaron, why don't we wrap up and sort of talk real quick about how do databases get priced? Because even that has evolved a little bit over the years as they've gone from sort of piecemeal to more fully integrated uh, pricing models. Yeah, and and also think of it this way too, as Brian mentioned, it is possible to do third-party services, right? A lot of what we've been talking about is native services, meaning built into that public cloud, they're going to offer a bunch of databases. But there is also third-party services out there that is uh, effectively layering a database on top of the public cloud uh, native services, such as the compute and the storage. So one thing to think about here is what kind of a database is it? Is it native or is it third-party? Because what services you're using can affect how you're getting billed. Now, if you are doing the native services, though, um, it comes down to, of course, how much you're storing, how much you're putting into that, um, how much your, um, how performant you want that, but also how much transactions you're doing, how much activity, right? It's, it's somewhat similar to network insecurity in that you will be paying per transaction, if you will. So you have to kind of factor in, um, you know, a little bit of, of a study of how does this perform? Uh, how does it perform? How many reads, how many writes, how much is it storing? And then really kind of factor that out as well as, you know, which database type is the most efficient for this as well. Brent, is there any final topics uh, before we close this one out? I think we covered a lot of it. Um, you know, obviously databases is a, one of those, you know, almost PhD level things that we could go into a ton of depth in. And, and just to put this show in perspective versus the, the other show that we run, um, you know, we often on the Cloudcast will have experts that talk about databases. So, you know, just to give you some perspective, if you love databases and you really want to dig into them, you know, we've probably covered a dozen databases over on the Cloudcast. And that's kind of what we're hoping to do with this show. If you get started, there's an area of this that is exciting for you. We're going to have more in-depth on the other show. So, um, yeah, I think we covered a lot. We want to give you some basics of how to think about databases, figure out what makes sense for your application. And then the beauty of it is... Over on the Cloudcast show, we go in depth on these. So we hopefully we can give you a, a way to get started, dig into it a little bit, and then go more in depth. So with that, Aaron, I'm going to wrap up this show. On the next one, we're going to talk about moving up the stack, really getting into some things that developers care about with something called Platform as a Service, or PaaS. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.